Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Saturday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 19th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing good. We uh we're here eve of the final round of the national championship. 3 months a little later, but we're here. Great Saturday. Um I have a confession to make. Not an apology, just a confession. Like Bryson, one of my governors broke down. And I'm coming into this episode two Bud Lights having been consumed. I, you know, I'm not drunk. I'm not going to be slurring my words, but I'm a little loose. I'm excited. I'm happy. Oh. I, I had two beers over the grill. What's, so my a, governor, what's a governor? My governor, you know, usually on a show night, governor is nothing, no alcohol of any kind before we record, but I've had two beers. I, I don't think it'll impact anything I have to say. To I, two I'm Bud just, Lights is, you know, it's kind of like yeah. drinking water. Yeah, Deer Park, right? More or less. Um, so, what'd you think of today? I thought it was great. What'd I you grill? Was... Also, what? More importantly, corn, vegetables, shrimp, scrimp, burgers. Yeah, yeah, little asparagus, carrots. Ooh. Yeah, little potpourri of things. So, sounds like a good um, mix grill at the Porath household. It's perfect out right now. Like sixty-five. It's great. Just great days. Low humidity. Hope everybody's. Loving living life outside and enjoying it. Watch, I had the U.S. Open going on the iPad outside. It was just perfect. So, what did you uh, think of the Sunday Saturday? I don't know. It was good. It was fun. We got a little bit of everything. Uh, we got Reed blasted into outer space. The thick boy kind of sticking to his guns and somehow working his way around when it really looked gone early, like real oh, gone. God, um, that drive he had on too. Yeah, when, yeah. that's when when his governors broke down. What was, what is that? What do you think that is? The governor? I don't know. I mean, does he have buttons? He's pushing in the middle of his swing in his mind. He's got stuff that's the, the, the this robot brain of his that, that goes off. I have no clue what it possibly could mean. I don't know if it means like he got, like if he got his body in the wrong position, but I've never heard anything like that ex- talked about for golf. I mean, I mean, isn't the whole thing about this? He's just swinging as hard as he possibly can, more or less. Like it seems, it seems like to a be quite working. Un... The, yeah. the strategy of blasted as far as you can is really an effective one in a U.S. Open where nobody can hit the fairway. Yeah, yeah. Because then worse? it becomes who, who's the furthest in the rough when everybody's in the rough. Right. Let's get to that. You want to do that first? Well, wait. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Matthew Wolf's round because it was spectacular. The iron shot, he didn't hit fairways and he might not have been accurate off the tee, but the iron shots they hit were absolutely spectacular. They all like, you'd look at it and you'd be like, Oh, this is a tough shot. He has to land it in that false front. And every time 
he would hit it right into that false front, which would kill the shot coming in and allow it to stop where he wanted to. It was spectacular. Like judging distances out of that thick of rough is, I mean, that he deserves, he played out of his mind from everything inside after the tee shot, which he hit fine. I mean, he hit it far and didn't, didn't get himself into places where he was blocked out except for 16. Here's the thing. I mean, what have we heard all week from you, the players, uh, you know, everybody on the ground? Like, you can't fake it. You can't fake it around here. Like, so, like, missing fairways doesn't mean, like, he's playing like shit. Like, he he fully admitted he had some – he got some good lies. Like, so it's not all like not at apples to apples. Not every missed yep. fairway is created equal. You know, 18, he got a kind of nice bounce there. And then, but you have to do something with that. Like, you can't like, fake it. He's not, he went out in 30. The holes one through yeah. five aren't easy. They're not easy holes, whether you hit the fairway, miss the fairway. Like, you have to play them through to the bottom of the cup. And he went through them in two under. So, like, I think this, this just presumption that he's some, you know, he's he has no talent other than he can swing it hard and hit it very far and, and miss a lot of fairways. And, you know, he, he scored well because the greens are soft is insane. He's playing the hardest holes in the world two under, even with missed fairways. There's the, no faking it. The other thing is it's really misleading because if you're in that, that first cut of rough, it, yep. you don't get count. It doesn't get counted as a fairway. And it's yeah. not necessarily identical to a fairway, but it's not the rough. That's not like being in the eight-inch hey yes you know yes. that that is a very playable shot a shot that people that go, golfers know how to play you know that's there's not much unpredictable nature of it 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 is a very simple shot for these guys so 18 he was in the short rough I think on one he was in the fairway I'm not positive but he I think he hit it into the short rough a couple times one it looks like he was on the edge uh, maybe short rough looks like maybe, but but it wasn't you know the the fairway stat doesn't tell like the 18 for example so if you count that as fairway he's at three of 14 and here's the thing the field average is 38 percent yeah yeah it's not okay. it, so yeah. two of 14 in reality is not that horrible if it was 60 percent it would be the same as somebody hitting what 30 percent yeah and you'd be like oh that's you know that's not horrible but I mean, it's not out of this world bad because nobody's hitting fairways, and it that's means, the point. It, it doesn't reward accuracy if nobody's hitting hitting them. And he gained three point five eight shots, I see, on approach in that round alone. Uh, so I, again, it's what you do. Like his shot on eighteen into the green was uh, maybe the best shot of the day. It's what, what about you his do? shot on fifteen right. from the hey? He hit it right yeah. into the false front. He did the same thing on 14. 14, he hit it right into the false front. Like, the distance control required to do that, What we talked about it at the beginning of the week, like that front number, the front edge number. He, he mm-hmm. is hitting the front edges of greens out of the rough, and he's going to be right in the middle of the green when he does that. Now, we saw Patrick Reed in almost the same spot as Matthew Wolf on 15, and guess where he landed? He landed over the front, and it shot over the green. And then he had right. an almost impossible up and down. So that's the margin of error. It's three yards. Yep. yep. So, Do you, think- you know, Matthew Wolf hit a great shot. Patrick Reed hit an, a good shot. And right. they were separated. And it clearly, by the leaderboard, it is clear 
who's playing the best golf? Do you think, um, I think the probably answer is yes. Is it sustainable? If he plays, you know, if the, the same way off the tee tomorrow as he did today, I mean, is it going to put, is it sustainable to continue making it up when you miss that many fairways? I guess that what I'm getting at is like. So my, my, the, my, my thought is he's hitting more than fairways than that over the course of the week. So the reality is he's probably going to hit more than two fairways. More, sure. Right? More than he did today. Yeah. So say, yeah. and he didn't hit him. It's not like his tee shots were the snap hooks, the pull hooks that we saw JT hitting, you know? <sighs> yeah. Like, well, that was my question at the top. <laughs> Who had the worst drive on two? Yeah. Bryson or JT? JT. I think JT, right? It was low. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, JT looked like me. That I mean, uh, as well, not, I'm not, yeah, he's still very good. Obviously a thousand times, but that looks like approximates one of my good drives. The little just smother it, shot left. It was so jarringly bad, but getting back to Wolf. He wasn't hitting drives like that. No, no, no. Um, 18 was a little alarming because he took an iron and just tried to butt one, but he got a good, nice little bounce. I, I, I guess we just like the narrative of 2006 was like Phil hit too many drivers and he missed too many fairways. But the fact of the matter was he missed every fairway and was like, had whatever, what a two shot lead on his, mm-hmm. on his, on the 18th tee. Jeff Ogilvy, what, what did he hit fairways? Like, Not or many. he had like 30 greens in regulation or something for the week. Um, I just wonder like, and we come into this week, well, you got to be able to drive it straight. You got to hit it far and straight. Or you got to be able to hit fairways. You got to hit fairways. It just feels like such a false narrative 14 years ago. And, you know, obviously we're seeing it again this, this year. So I, I'm seeing a little bit, uh, a lot of support for your early contention, you know, when you're sitting there pondering on your porch, just thinking about golf takes that like narrow fairways actually, you know, level the playing field. Marty Jertson, who's in the field, the ping guy, the the great club pro said like, not, it, this doesn't matter if they're this narrow. It, it, it makes it doesn't, it helps everybody it helps the worst players. Just make it a three make the fairways three yards wide. It just, it doesn't matter. You feel like you're getting more corroboration for that uh, take early in the week. I think, I think so. But I think there's, it's important. Like Bryson, you people are going to look and say, Oh, Bryson just bashing it everywhere. Like he hit three fairways today, but on the tournament, he's hitting field average. And when you're hitting field average fairways, but you're hitting it like, 30 yards further than everybody else mm-hmm. you're hitting it a lot straighter than everybody else is yeah because you yep. you know as you hit it further your misses get bigger i mean i, I thought bryce go ahead so i would say like bryson he's 31st in fairways but if you're first in distance or second whatever he is he's got to be top three in distance you're you're driving it very well right right, right. but the fa- simple fact is, like, you can't – nobody can hit enough fairways where they can really – and this is the thing where you're so – everybody's so attached to this identity of, like, the toughest test and par, right? Uh-huh. Is the reality is, is that 25-yard fairways have not been scaled up. 25-yard fairways in 1970 when people hit it 260 
was a, is a much easier question than 25-yard fairways when everybody hits a 300 because people hit it further offline. So you, really what you've done is you have have taken accurate players in, in a way a little bit out of it because like at the end of the day, if you're hitting 60% of your shots from the rough and somebody else is hitting, them, hitting from the rough 70% of the time, but they're 40 yards ahead of you, you're at a huge disadvantage. Right. Right. And I mean, Bryson was super impressive today. Yes. Uh, really impressive. Like I, I Once he we got were... his governor back on. <laughs> well, I don't even know if he got it back on. Maybe he did, but it's just, I, I was ready to, I thought we were headed for a upper seventies round. Um, it, it didn't seem pretty. Um, I was surprised he and not, you know, Reed was the one to totally implode coming in. Reed. Um, Holy cow. Would that surprise you? I mean, after he hit that shot on four, I was thinking he might run away. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hell of a shot to not tap in, but you know, a a nice cleanup range. Um, Did he cheat on nine? (laughs) Fluffing his lie. A lot of chatter on that. I guess I won't say the word cheat. Was that? Uh, I think it falls into that Lexi Thompson stuff. A little sketchy. Right. What do you mean? How can you t- Lexi determine Lexi Thompson and, and uh, oh, John Robb. Lexi Thompson at the British Women's. Yeah. Where she was tapping it down and, and then the ball uh-huh. moved or whatever, right? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it it definitely falls into that, right? I. <sighs> I thought it didn't seem like much to me and Patrick, but Patrick Reed doesn't really have the benefit of the doubt at this point. Right. He just doesn't, you know, whether it sounds unfair that we're jumping on him, it's not, he's, he's kind of made his bet. Um, it looked like Suspicious. he was I mean, a when it, extra tension down on the club, pushing a little harder into the turf. When the ball got there, when the ball got there, I immediately thought I was like, Oh, that rough behind him is going to be a problem, but then yeah. you can just hammer it down. Yeah. I mean, it was, he didn't just lay the club down gently on the grass. It was, uh, it was pushed, uh, read what else from his round, anything jump off the page is just a, a disaster. 10 was kind of like where it all just started Unreveled. to really, yeah, go bad. He, he was short of the bunker, right? It just kind of dribbled yeah. up. That's where JT from my standpoint, just more or less withdrew from the tournament. It felt like he went to divot. Felt like, you know, he couldn't catch a break. That was it. And it, that was kind of, we didn't hear much from JT the rest of the day. But what happened to Reed? I, I mean, same same thing. It's seemingly, it, it just, the thing with when the golf is so hard, and I think this gets overlooked, mm-hmm. you're, you're playing with on such an edge, and you're just, everything has to be so precise, and it gets overlooked everybody's overlooking how challenging this golf and how one little slip up and loss of focus for a small stretch of holes just blows you out of the tournament. Yeah. And that's what happened to Patrick Reed was that things started to tumble out of control. He probably, you couldn't see it on the outside, but on the inside, everything's racing and you just lose control of what's happening. Um, and you're not necessarily playing much worse. And that this is why it's a great sign of the setup. Is that 
you can go from being in the holding the lead in control of everything to shooting 43 on the back nine. Yeah. And that doesn't happen at a soft tour setup. You might shoot 38 and finish T9. You don't shoot 43 and just get blown away. I, uh, look, I, it's easy to say this now after he got his ass kicked. I sometimes wonder if he had like a professional caddy. I know he's done so much damage and done great things and won a lot of big tournaments and that works for him. And it's easy to pick off. Like, I don't know. I was watching I, I also them chat wonder, today. I it's like his Yahoo brother-in-law. He, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, don't you have to consider him. him a professional caddy at this point? In I his guess life? you're right. Yeah. You're and, right. And, You'd have to have a caddy with like no moral code to go work for. Him. That's true. That's like, true. That's the other he's aspect the, of it. He's already in the. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. That back nine, it just or at a place like this, it felt like whatever. But I, the thing uh, was, he didn't even look rattled. It's not like I know. It's not like he had a volcanic eruption, like you know, with Rom. Maybe you'd see, or you know, it, it was just this is what happens when you're playing golf at the highest level and the setup is extraordinarily hard is that yep. you can go from playing exceptional golf to mediocre golf and mediocre golf just gets murdered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with Reed. I think we're going to be joined by Shane Bacon here. Sure. Oh, wow. Let's uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more. We're yeah. He's driving back. He's on the course uh, doing broadcast duty, I guess. Um, better send him the, the zoom link. What, uh, what did you make of, we don't need to do much on this setup. You talked about how it identified, you know, it was a sign of a good setup. It seemed like, you know, the wind changed, right? It, it was up, it was down, it was up a little bit more and then it was down and everybody this morning came hot of the gates, right? Everybody's like, oh, they're getting their ass kicked. They're getting punished. You know, people probably didn't see a 65 out there, which Matt Wolf posted late, um, I think, you know, you're, it's an outdoor game, right? Mother nature that the wind changes. I, I don't know. I, I, there's three, how many guys are into par three, three, three guys with eight, with 18 more holes to play. Yeah. I, I don't know that I, the winner is not going to be we've, five over, but the winner could be gone, over par. We've gone down in number of players under par every single day. Right. Um, important note, the 1984 U S open. And this is Fuzzy. found by uh, Garrett Ford. Garrett Morrison. Morrison. Jesus. G Ford Golf. He always gets it because his Twitter Yeah, handle. no, I, I do it too. Yeah. Um, 1984 U.S. Open leaderboard. Everybody's talking, oh, it's so easy. Mm -hmm. You know, Hale Irwin led through three rounds at five under. Fuzzy Zeller in second place at four under. Greg Norman in third at three under. Jim Thorpe in fourth at one under. Next player, plus one. Look, it sounds pretty similar to this year's. You know what didn't exist in 1984? What? T Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Where every time a guy makes a birdie, someone starts screaming or a ball like makes the ball mark or it doesn't bound off the green or whatever. That we get an avalanche of tweets that like who cut Mike Davis's nuts, you know, like all this stuff, like that didn't exist in 1984, and it, and that's it. Like I, I, we want constant, instant, uh, carnage and gratification. You can't, that. you cannot 
I don't think you can blame the USGA for the setup. You uh-huh. can blame the USGA for something. What's that? Turning a complete blind eye Pace. to regulating the game's equipment. And oh, the sad thing is that all everybody listening to the pod, all the 18 handicappers out there have bought this game, this brand of golf, where we see that driving into the fairway doesn't matter. Just hitting it as far as you can and getting a wedge in your hand is all that matters because of the equipment of the game today. And everybody has bought that. You know, the money is why that exists. It's the people that go try and buy the latest and greatest driver is why we're in this place that we are, where you can't really set up a golf tournament to get pure carnage unless it blows like crazy. Uh And, you know, your line is is minimal. And this setup's perfect this year. There's you could notch the greens, maybe one a little bit firmer. But that's about all you can do, and I. And that's the the aspect of this is the equipment is the reason that the scores are the way they are. It is nothing else than that. It looks like yeah. I mean, it was easier than yesterday, but all right. I I don't. I I have no grand complaints. I, I think we you know, the you can't start the day wanting everyone to shoot 76, right? And hoping everybody shoots 76. Because then if it does blow or something changes, like you have a you have a farce of a championship, right? So like you just, you can't end up with that. You can't end up with Shinnecock 04, things like that. So I, that, that's my whole issue is you can't start from a place where everybody's got to get their ass kicked. Because if it does, you know, the stuff you can't control, like the wind, which, you know, you can forecast enough well enough for, but something changes, you have a farce real quick. And today it was supposed to blow 15 all day. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you supposed to do? It didn't yeah. blow. What about was, tomorrow? It tomorrow is, it's going to be probably, probably like today. So notch up the greens a little bit more. The pins, uh-huh. I mean, Rory said the pins were really hard. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. they were not easy. It, if it yeah. had blown, it would have been extraordinarily hard. Uh, yep. But like that's the reality of golf. Like if you have played tournament golf, like you know that you don't, you don't want a setup that doesn't allow you to, your great shots to make birdies. And that's what I think is missing here. Is that what Wolf did? He had great shots that got him birdies. Right? If if yep. it was easy, everybody would have shot sixty five. Nobody yep. shot sixty five except for Matthew Wolf. You know there was only a handful of scores under par. So we got. Yeah, we got three guys under par. That's all I'm gonna say. We we I I can't. I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. When we start, like the U.S. Open becomes nothing but that. It's sort of a. It's stupid. I, you're you're if you're complaining about the setup, you're missing out on the great play, and you're you're failing to even recognize the great shots that these guys are hitting in order to get the get shoot these scores. Oh, Bacon! We're joined, joined by Shane Bacon. Shane, we're live. No little chit chat here. No, you know. What do I, where we talk about the NBA games we're watching or you watch or Stanley Cup finals or what you're doing up there in New York. Just uh, welcome to the program, Shane. I appreciate it. I do have one request. Um, I am doing the international broadcast this week. So do you guys mind referring to me as Typhoon Bacon instead of Hurricane? (laughs) There we go. Just let me know if that's okay. We'll have to check with the listeners if that's okay. That's fantastic. Typhoon Bacon. What is that, LaCroix you're sipping on? Yeah. Little LaCroix. Okay, fantastic. All right. No, I guess we're giving the ads to our favorite. Uh, uh, Bubbling water. Yeah. 
Um, well, hey, uh, Bacon, is the international feed the same telecast that we get in, in America? Just Yeah, so so pretty much the exact same except a lot more golf because some of the countries don't have commercials. So oh, man. I'm probably talking maybe 65 to 70% of it, and then the NBC crew is doing the other 35%. Uh, but you know, we we probably had the last two hours. I have wa- I promise you this. I have watched more of this U.S. Open than anybody that's listening to this, anybody that is reading about the U.S. Open. Yeah. I have watched every minute of Wingfoot so far. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Shane. Are great shots being rewarded, mediocre shots facing difficult pars, and bad shots being penalized? Well, missing fairways isn't a penalty this week. I mean, that you you actually, I got to give you credit. You talked about this, you know, earlier in the week about how tight the fairways were and and how, how tight they are. But you know, it's it's. I didn't think you know I didn't think bomb and gouge would ever be a thing that would make sense and work at a wing foot, but because the fairways are so tight, all you're seeing is guys wail away at it, and they're still able to get the ball somewhere up around the hole out of this gnarly rough i mean it's kind of wild to see but i mean these guys are hitting three fairways and shooting under par it's crazy it's insane i i when i asked ogilvy if you could overpower wingfoot he was defiantly no but it just it shows how much the game's changed and i mean having a wedge that's when you think about it it makes more sense though because in the 06 in 84 and you know 74 when you miss the fairway what you did was wedge out and if these guys hit it so far that they have wedge in wedge up. Yeah. So it's well, just a wedge to, to up that, to the green. Yeah. To that point, I, I, I ran across an old colleague of mine, Paul Azinger today. We talked for a few minutes. We were talking a little bit about just kind of the setup, the golf course, how it's playing. And Zinger said he pulled out a, a, a persimmon driver that he used to play last week. And he was just kind of swinging it, you know, at his house, just looking at it. And he said, he thought back to when he played with the persimmon, on certain holes, the way they moved or where the trouble was, he'd have to swing different. He'd have to change his swing for the shot with that driver. And he said he grabbed his new age driver and was putting it on the ground. And his thought was, there's no change, just swing really hard and it goes fairly straight. And that's really the difference. I mean, you, what I, I think something we need to do collectively as a golf group is appreciate some of the records from the guys in the 70s and 80s. You know, Hell Irwin shot three rounds in the sixties to start the wing, the wing foot uh, 80 open or 84 open. I mean, Bryson wasn't able to do that. He missed that putt on the last. I mean, that is so incredible when you think about it with the equipment they used, you know, because the equipment now makes golf very, very, very easy and makes it way easier for those guys. I will say, I, I, I thought the golf course, I texted you guys this this morning when I arrived at wing foot, it was howling and it was cold and it was gusty and all I could think was this thing's going to get crazy in terms of how tough it was going to play. And the wind just completely died. Yeah. You can't control that. I mean, that's not something the USGA can control, I guess. I, I don't know. And you can't set it up to the point where, you know, you expect the wind to die or, or you want it to be tough with no wind. And then you get wind. It's just, it's a tie wire act at all times. Go ahead, Andy. What are you going to say? Yeah, I, I agree. Like that. If the, and if you set it up crazy hard, those guys that went off earlier are at even more of a disadvantage when it dies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Shane, what were your, some of your takeaways? So you watched, thank you for joining us, by the way, you watched nothing yeah, but us open. You're just a, you know, Cal Ripken here, the, the Iron Man. Um, yeah, you're just a machine. What were some of your, I don't know, you know, so we could do the cliche stuff was surprise disappointments. You know, what, what, what did you take away from the day outside of the setup stuff we've talked about? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I thought Matt Wolf looked, made it look as easy as you can make a U.S. Open round look. You know, there was really one hole where there was mm -hmm. any stress in it at all. And again, this is from a guy that's missing a lot of fairways, but just seemed like he kept putting the ball in the right spot when he was out of position. And then he was rolling in, you know, you roll in a couple 20 footers on the front nine and all of a sudden, you know, you're under par. But I'm trying to think, was there a stressful moment in his round outside of the bogey made at 16? I don't think so. I mean, it was really really easy golf his his lag putting was fantastic today too you know when he hit when he hit it to 35 feet it was up there to tap in range and i mean that's not easy to do and i think that's the stuff that goes overlooked when people get so caught up in like oh that he's shooting such good scores he's not hitting fairways it's all the things they did so extraordinarily well you can hit not hitting fairways is one th shooting 65 even if you hit all the fairways is one thing right if you don't hit the fairway, like you had to do everything extraordinarily well, and he did. Most stressful moment might have, might have been trying to pull the loose impediment out on what was that, 12 <laughs> right. or 14? Was it 12? Like, it was 12. Like, like well, yeah. And, it, and then the question, I mean, again, we, so we're hearing, you know, in my booth, I'll hear NBC when NBC's on, and then, then we're on. Ned Michaels and I are on. And at that point, it was NBC when he was pulling the divot out. And I think it was Faraday to ask, you know, it's got to be on the hitting side or why would he care? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. no, it's, no, it's on the front side of the ball. You're like, stop touching it. I think yeah. Ned and I were both doing this the whole time. <laughs> Don't pick it up, bro. <laughs> yeah. No. What else did you, I mean, Bryson, we've kind of gone through It's super impressive, like super impressive given the way it started. We were comparing his drive on two to JT's drive on two, both um, yeah. not the uh, most professional, you know, what we're used to efforts. Um, I, what else did you take away? Pat Reed kind of got sent out to see. I was, I was shocked. I, you know, the, the JT, JT had a moment on nine and 10. I, I think when he made bogey on nine, Yeah. you know, which is a hole you got to make birdie on. I mean, you just, you have to you make feel birdie. You deflated if you make a par, making a bogey, because right. you, you know in your head you lost a shot and a half. You know, it's, it, when you make a par, you're down. Bogey is just disaster there. It's it's like a double. To, to your point, it feels like a double bogey. And I, it just felt like there was a stretch of about 20 minutes with JT where it looked like he was kind of like, all right, I've had enough. And I mean, even yeah. the comment at the end of the round, which again, it's supposed to beat you up. That's what a U.S. Open is about. If you're not swinging at it great, you should be shooting a high score. You know, he, he said the thing at the end with Kokrak where he goes, you know, I'd love to say it was fun, but it, it wasn't. You know, I don't know if you guys heard that on the audio or not, which I thought was really funny. You know how you, you know how you fist pump yeah. and you go, a lot yeah. of fun, a lot of fun. He said, you yeah. know, I'd love to say, you know, he was smiling. He goes, I'd love to say it was a lot of fun, but, it, you know, it wasn't. Both of those guys played really, really poorly. But, yeah, that, that moment, 9 and 10, and, and Ned, who I'm working with, Ned's like, you know, he's, he's in this thing. I mean, he's yeah. right there. He was even par. I mean, it was just a real, real sloppy 6 and 9, and really a kind of a, it seemed like a, a little bit of a mind lapse on 10, where the ball was in the divot and just kind of like, all right, it's over. I think it's so hard to remember that everybody's coming back at the end of the round when you're out there. And I even lost sight of it today during is that all like you start to think, oh, one under they're out of it. 
And now you look at Louis Eustacen and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my, like Matthew Wolf has a bad day. This guy is right there. You know, Matthew Wolf and Bryson don't bring their A game. And, and you think it's just, it's so easy to lose sight of it when you're in the moment and things aren't going right. That everybody's coming back and that even par is still a really good position to be in. Um, because there, it, it's not like one of the regular PGA Tour events where we say, "Hey, there's you're four shots back, but you got twenty guys to go over. You're four shots back, and you got two guys to go over. You know, right? Five shots. And you said it. You make you you can make seven easy at Wingfoot. I'm assuming it's going to play tougher. Poor F. I need to give Bryson a compliment. Can I give Bryson? A compliment? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all. The, it's also a takeaway. The governor. <laughs> Bryson's like positive reactions and they're kind of almost Philly the way he says it. There's no cursing. It's kind of old golly G, but yeah, it's not, a, it's not negative. I, I really like the way he reacts when it's a bad drive or, you know, it's a squirrely lie and it kind of squirts out or the chip doesn't do what he wants it to do. Even that missed bunny he missed on 12, like the guy <sighs> never got, frustrated and I, I find that really impressive i feel like he used to get frustrated i agree he? it seems like a demonstrative like noticeable change this week in terms of there are comments yeah. of like these greens suck i think was a thing we heard he said i don't know if anyone actually saw that clip there was the thing today is like i hit what was it, a perfect putt or a great putt was that uh nine or eight i forget when he said that like there are words but he's never like in full blown meltdown mode at all there's nothing it's just like and i agree with you that it is sort of this like a shucks sort of uh reaction it, it does seem significantly uh, noticeable the significant change and maybe that was a concerted effort knowing what he was going into a u.s open at Wingfoot. like i cannot be this sort of Right. In case flying off the handle and it's working if, if that was an actual strategy, deliberate, deliberate thing. Go ahead, Andy. I, I just got a, a, a tweet from our friend Nosferatu. Okay. So any, any guess on what the uh, scoring average was only if you cut out, if you say only the people that made the cut across the three days. So if you, so, you take out anybody that missed the cut out of the scoring average. Yeah. What's the scoring average? It goes round one, 70.42. Round two, okay. 72.85. Round three, 73.63. Wow. A lot of those was those morning guys, though, right? Getting punched in the wind? No, maybe. Uh, I mean, did uh, Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas seem to get punched sure. today. Sure. It's a good so, point. So the, the, for the guys that are playing the best, the scores have gone up every single day. I think that should put to bed any questions about setup. Let's talk about someone we have not even ta- mentioned once uh, who I had the most fun watching today, maybe because I'm in the tank already, but Rory was really impressive. <laughs> Super impressive. <laughs> After looking like kind of little trashy at times on Friday, he was really, really, really impressive catching it sort of at the end of those hard, you know, the hard conditions, those first five holes when it was still blowing a bit. Um, he was really fun to watch. And like Louie that you mentioned, Andy, sort of right back in it he he's there i mean one over he's right in it there's only six guys only six guys in front of him yeah yeah six shots back but he's a bad round from wolf and bryson from being two shots back 
he's gained like something like five strokes on the green, lost strokes around the green, obviously gained a bunch off the tee. Um, I mean, what are your expectations for him on Sunday? Did he kind of get his sneak sneak around today? That that was his last. And tomorrow, like the executioner comes for him. But I, I don't know. I think it's all in that first three for him, more or less. We know how Rory goes. If he like drops a shot there, he could just be like peace. Uh, I mean, I, I I agree. He even has said. I mean, he was even quoted as saying the first five at Wingfoot were just beating him up. You know, he yeah. couldn't, he couldn't figure him out, and he made a couple of big pars. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Rory Homer. I think watching Rory McIlroy play great golf is the most fun person to watch play great golf in the world. I love even more when Rory's locked in. And there were a couple moments today where it just looked like Rory was really, really in it. And it felt like you could feel watching him how into the round he was. It didn't necessarily feel like that yesterday, right? When he was kind of hitting it all over the ballpark, but you mean that that par save on 16 you know the big fist pump it's just i love locked in rory i mean how much yeah. fun is that to watch yeah he was great i loved watching him early too you know not early early but two hours before kind of the final guys it was, it was fun uh you know what my takeaway is brendan what's your takeaway he needs to follow in your footsteps he needs four kids because kid number one pushed first round rory <laughs> to second round rory he has another one. Goes to third round or third round. Oh, Rory. so once he has a and kid for each he, round, yeah. Right. Once he gets to four, it's gone. No more bad Rory. What was the one? The one year was Freaky Friday. Was like the thing with Rory because he just kept like blowing up on Fridays at majors. Like, will Rory exercise the Freaky Freaky Friday demons? So you're suggesting every time he has a kid, we'll give we'll banish a narrative. He kicks, round. he kicks the can one round down the road. Sunday, Rory. No, nah, he's great. I, I don't know that he'll win tomorrow, but it's it's awesome to have him in the mix at a major championship again. It's awesome to have him in the mix at a major championship where he's not shooting 67 on Sunday to finish eight. Yeah, that's right? true. Like, he's that's true. kind of in it, you know? I mean, he's not, he's on the outside looking and he's going to have to have some help, but he's at least in it. We're going to get to watch a lot of Rory on Sunday for at least the first seven or eight holes. Guess who he plays with? Do we know? You know, off the top of your head? Very clash of styles. Mr. Big Med. Zatch. Zatch. Who's no gaining way. like 10 strokes putting something today. Like it could be, I mean, that could be an issue for Rory. If he's watching Zatch scrape around an 82 tomorrow and like I, that could be an issue. Or if Zatch, I mean, I, if Zatch feels the setup gets pushed too far, he'll, get, he'll cloud his judgment. He'll be he'll, complaining. Bring him down. That's true. That could be an issue. I don't know. Maybe Zach shoots like 68. I don't know. But I, that could be a problem. for us. Guys, I got good news for you. It's going to be that? really chilly tomorrow. There's a Ooh. chance the mitts come out. Big oh, mitts. there we go. I mean, he goes late. Now, he goes <laughs> late. The high 62 is some wind. But 42 in the morning. I mean, it, you could have mitts on the range. So the, oh, I yeah. Wonder... That's mitt weather for sure. I'd be rocking mitts. I wonder if there's ever been back-to-back U.S. Opens that's been mittens weather. Because last year was absolutely mittens weather at Pebble, right? I mean, the mitts were out and uh, f- uh, frequent. Um, so I would love to see a little mittens zatch in the morning. You know what Go ahead. happens, too, is that we look back at Rory had that front nine yesterday was his bad stretch of golf. Yeah. In a U.S. Open, you're bound to play like where – there's 72 holes. You've gotten nine holes or six holes where you're going to hit it like complete shit. Like that's just 
the reality of 72 hole tournaments and at us opens it's so much about what you do with that and like that's what was so impressive about bryson today because it came out of the came out of the gates with just garbage you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. he but and then we saw patrick reed get his kind of stretch and it kind of eviscerated him jt jt i i feel like he's had two stretches now with yesterday and today but it'll be you know the question is did wolf have it in round two or is it coming and you know i would say the same thing with you know that's he could have a bad stretch in him but he's really good what okay let's do let's do kind of a formulaic lightning round sort of thing about tomorrow we talked about a lot about today Unless I've, anybody else, do you have any other thoughts on today you want to get off your chest? Like little and minutia, odds and ends. We talked can I, about. Can pe- I ask? Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. Sure. I, I just You're I here. want to know because I I I'm not really on Twitter at all. Good. That's for the By best. The way, I'm just gonna say, try it. It's really nice. Feeling good? Um, yeah. It's just really <laughs> nice. Life's better. Brain doesn't feel sweat cheese. What, what yeah. is? What has? What has this? What has the reaction been thus far? kind of in a, in a small sample dose, oh, if you God. can, of, of what's gone on at Wingfoot. Has it been good or bad? Oh, God. That's I, think a, that's... Are, I think we could have three camps. We've got camp one. People love it. You know, they just like watching golf. They, these are probably people that are happy all the time. Okay. <laughs> they don't probably not on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Then we got camp two, which thinks that it's an utter disgrace that that Matthew Wolf's five under par. Okay. Then we got camp three. I mean, that um, camp I would say is like lobbing some crazy, like there's one guy who's tweeting at us nonstop who, you know, appears to have some issues um, about how it's Lupland and it's pillow <laughs> soft. And like, there's a lot of people like that. I like, cause one guy shot a six there. That's a camp for sure. I would say they are the vociferous, I don't know okay. if it's minority, majority. I think it's minority, but there you go. They, they're the most vociferous. <laughs> What's the third camp, Andy? What's the, the, third, third camp? the third camp, and I would say I'm in this camp, is that okay. I realize that that the scores are going to be the way they are because fundamentally the game has changed and it's impossible to, to, for a course to hang on to its lore and, and everything when the guys get to essentially play with oversized tennis rackets. And balls that don't spin. So, it, like, those people understand. It's like, yeah, well, you know, this is a problem. This has been a problem for 25 years. And it, it's, nothing's going to change until you, you change the ball. You know, we're seeing a, you know, we've got the youngest final pairing of all time. This is exactly what happened to tennis when they switched the composite racket. Experience and skill, they they went out the window the whole way the style which you play the game changes it's not a game of skill it's a game of power and hitting the ball 360 yards is is your easiest formula to success on the pga tour but you know what they'll say they'll square that with well what you were just talking about with the leaderboard in 1984 well, the golf the course is 7500 yards now they've spent, I gotcha. they've spent I know, 20 I'm million playing... 20 plus million dollars trying to keep up with the equipment I'm playing devil's advocate here. They'll say, you know, this is a game that us golfers have bought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's do a lightning round here uh, about Sunday. How far down can you go? The cliche, how far back the winner, or I'm sorry, the leader right now is five under presumably. 
I would guess the winning number is not going to be five under. That's probably coming back, but that's just a guess. How, how far back can you go? Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Thomas Peters. They are three over. Do they have a chance? I'm just going to say something really quick. If Rory goes out in 29. <laughs> what? My favorite. That's what he's doing a bit. It's my favorite what's, bit. What's that bit? Go, Sunday bit at Augusta. Every, Augusta. every well, Sunday morning. If Rory goes every, out in 29. If somebody says hey, that. Forev, I promise you that will be said 400 times over the next 12 hours. It's like. Well, you know, if Rory shoots 63 and you're like, well, yeah, that's happened once. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but every major. This goes back to my buddy Charlie's point. Every U.S. Open, it rolls around. Everybody goes, well, the rough's real thick. And you go, it's just every year we do this. <laughs> we do the same thing every year. But uh, I liked it, Andy. I got it. Uh, there you go. I'm not, go- I'm not going back. But I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm only going to Rory out of respect for Rory. I truly think it's even as far back as you should go. I, okay. I'm in the exact same camp. I, I forgot what this stat is. It's like four shots, like 23 of the last 25 have been within four shots of the lead going into Sunday. So um, we're talking Wolfie, Thick Boy, Big Brown, Hideki, Xander, Harris English, and then courtesy nod to Rory. And that's, if you statistically went for it, you'd only get to Usti, Big Brown. Okay. Tell wow. me, has there been any? I haven't. You've probably seen a lot more Usti than we have. Has there so been much. any 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 brownout going on? No, 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 no. They're they, they're not. they're happy to show all his logos here. We're the U.S. Open, baby. All right. Any any course whaling tomorrow? Yes or no? Any whaling players lost? Not lost it, but this is bogus. This is Mickey Mouse. This is bullshit. Anything like that? No. I'll guess no. I think I think you got one more notch on firmness. I think that if there's going to be something changed, there the USGA is going to say, "Hey, we're going to kick these greens up a little bit in firmness, just to try and save some semblance of the fairway mattering." Okay. Anything like that? Any course issue, and whether it's justified or unjustified, it could be some guy that just had a bad day and wants to holler. Any course issues. I don't, I don't think clean. so. Okay. I, I agree. I believe Zach Blair, I brought it up on Instagram live. I was talking with uh, Zach Blair last night and he had a great theory. And uh, it was that the reason people, no pro will ever say wing foot is unfair is because it's not short grass around the greens. So when you miss the ball immediately stops, you know, it doesn't roll forever unless it's a false front, which players understand like I didn't get it up the false front it's gonna roll down at at Shinnecock they they would hit good shots that would roll 25 yards away and to them during that time elapsed of the ball rolling they get in their head oh this is bullshit you know triggered but when it stops immediately there's none of that time where it festers in their head and they start to think it's unfair I think it it is, is spot on that's a good take. Nobody will call this unless the greens get Mickey Mouse stupid and you can't, like if you have a putt that rolls back to your feet, you know, when it, it gets up to the hole, rolls back to your feet. There's no way they call it unfair. That's a good point. Can I say something as a broadcaster that's doing this week, uh, you know, I'm typhoony, but still, it it's so much more fun to be broadcasting a golf event 
on greens like this. It's so much more exciting for me in my position when greens have this much slope and there's this much creativity and you're calling the action all day long. So you've got a guy that played it one way at noon and then another guy plays it a different way at three and you see the difference in how to play it. And there's complete, there's eight different ways to play the shot with 12 different clubs. Just, you know, we, we show a lot of shots around the green, you know, that's what you see a lot on TV. And so it's just so much fun when the greens are like this, you know, it's just, yeah. it's way more exciting for me. I, I know I'm imagining the same for the viewer. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Andy, I got that stat you were talking about. The last 21 U.S. Open champions were within four shots entering the final round. And every U.S. Open champion since 1991 was in the top 10 entering the final round. Makes sense. So, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. that's, uh, we got to, seems like only Big Brown can do it. A small sample, a small group to pick from. Other other props, Will Phil, call in, join the booth, be a factor in any way. Like, that just seems like... I know he, CBS, he got involved at, at the PGA, but maybe he wants nothing to do with Wingfoot anymore or uh, the USGA. But. Could be an opportunity to say, hey, guys, Activate. I'm happy to be here. I'm just enjoying some wellness for coffee. <laughs> coffee for wellness. Coffee for wellness. <laughs> By the way, we have you a know, competing coffee called Bixby. Shotgun Star for wellness? wellness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shotgun we might need Star. a wellness plan. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with our own secret ingredients that make you feel better, I guess. Hey, as, so. a, as, a, as a Bixby drinker and yeah. as a man that makes Bixby cold brew, let me just say, I don't get any money from this. Excellent coffee. There 10 you out go. of 10. There you go. Another prop, another prop of my own, you know, on the fly. Will Bryson playing in the last group with Matthew Wolf? will his group be put on the clock? We've now gone a couple days where it is very clear they are more than a hole, at least a hole behind, out of position. Is it possible, final round of the U.S. Open, because I think they will be again a hole out of position, um, is it possible that he is put on the clock? And you're going to need odds if you, you say yes. Andy. Wolf's fast, right? I don't know. I, so. I don't think he's super fast. Okay. I mean, play with Reed. Reed's not super slow, right? Reed was I, they real are, they slow are putting, on the back nine. See, this is a perfect opportunity for them to put themselves. They aren't going to do it because they'll they'll immediately be just yelled at if it if the term. Imagine if they got a slow play finally and somebody else won because of it. Well, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying <laughs> clocked. Clocked is a much lower I, I threshold. I think they're doing it. How have they not been clocked yet? They've but they're Andy so turned far. it up to twenty all of a sudden. Let's <laughs> stroke. Who's gonna lose the who's a penalty? Yeah. But saying, <laughs> this is a, you want to talk about risk management for the for the USGA. Like they don't want that. They don't, no, they don't of course want not. Of like, course not. They'd just of be walking not. themselves into huge controversy. Um what would it take for you to hit driver on eighteen? Knowing the history here, what position do you need to be in, or is it just more your play varies from player to player? Driver for you know the low handicap is most forgiving club in the bag, but that is going to be this theme narrative. Oh, he's hitting driver on eighteen. Well, he's in contention. What's the situational? You know, a we lot of guys both. hit driver on eighteen. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I understand that. I don't think you see driver if the lead's two or more. Anything else, it's going to be whatever club they would typically hit. So, you know, like today, Bryson hit three wood because he didn't want to get in the bunker. Yeah. So I'd say if it's a two-shot lead or more, you'll see 
something conservative out there in the fairway. I mean, think they're... about this too. Wolf hit iron nine iron. Right. I mean, <laughs> like, that was he just he just popped an iron. He that didn't wasn't even a three iron. Good. I know. I know. I know. That's what I'm wondering. I just I I don't know that we'll see any guys. Guys, do you know what Hale Irwin hit into 18 in the 74 U.S. Open? No, but I bet you do. Bacon? No, what was it? Two iron. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? And and keep in mind, seems, seems, Hale, like, a, seems Hale like a Irwin, real easy green to hit with a two iron. Hale yeah. Irwin was an all, it was then the big eight, all big eight defensive back. This guy was a better athlete than anybody on the PGA Tour now. The guy probably could have played in the NFL. I, I think it's going to wow. be. Is this the first iteration of that? Is yeah. this the first they're an athlete thing? Bacon, did you compare anyone to a linebacker today? Uh, no, your buddy, no, your buddy did. Amazing, amazing. I think the year is going to be twenty seventy, and football will have ceased to exist because of brain trauma and all that stuff. It won't even exist, and any golfer that's bigger than Ricky Fowler size will be compared to linebacker. It's just going to be a thing, and we're going to love it and talk about it. It's just going to be a thing that goes on for in perpetuity, even after You're like football. Fourteen-year-old kids going to go what? What's that linebacker? Thing yeah. About? <laughs> right. Football's been gone for 20 years. All right, last one. And these can just be done together. What is the winning score and who is your pick to win? At what number uh, are you going with uh, as your winner? And who is it? Andy, go first. Oh, so, I, you know, earlier today, I popped. A, I, I don't bet on golf very often, but I got on. I bet on. I made some bets. I got uh-huh. I got Wolf at this plus. This an ad read? Is this an ad no. activation no. here, Andy? No. I got Wolf. Is this a Phil Mickelson thing? I got Wolf <laughs> at plus sixteen hundred, so I'm kind of rooting for him. Wow. Do you think he'll win? Is he your pick to I'm win gonna, now? I'm gonna take Matt Wolf. Um, okay. At what score? I'm gonna say six under. Wow. And uh, and I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Big Brown for his uh, what fifth or sixth runner runner up, up. Yeah. runner up. Yeah. I will go with. Xander Shoffley, I think winning at, I think he's going to break two under, two under that. That's a big, wow. that's a ballsy. That's a big Everybody's push. coming back. Wolf and Bryson wow. just what melting did, down. What does Bryson shoot? Bryson's going to win. I think he might. Nah, yeah, but that's a bad pick. I think Bryson might win. I think he's got, I'm switching from Xander to Bryson. I'm going with <laughs> Bryson's going to win. He's going to win at four under. He's going to shoot 69 and he's going to win at four under. I'm going with Bryson, the thick boy. I, I saw what I needed. I was super impressed today that he hung on. So, Shane, who do you got? Louis in a, I got Louie in a playoff over Bryson at minus three. Man. Wow. Um, can we talk about something that I was thinking about that is kind of yeah. cool? Yeah. Um, so, in the last, since Matthew Wolf turned pro, we've had, like, serious, this is the first time we've ever had, like, and nobody's going to call it a rivalry yet, but, like, a clash of two guys, Bryson and Wolf, have gone up. They went up against each other at 3M. Wolf got them. And they went up against each other at the Rocket Mortgage. The backboard. The backboard yeah. classic this year. 3-1-3. And, and, and Bryson got the best of Wolf. But this will be the first time that, that we see a Sunday showdown in the same group. Same kind pairing. of neat. Yep, and they're playing together. And yeah. Yeah. nobody else. There's no other. I can't even think of the last time we've had any golfer go up against another golfer that much in a short period of time. Yeah, 
It's good. It'll be a fantastic Sunday. Shane, you have any other things you want to say? We got to go ahead. I was just going to say, is Matt Wolf number one in the rankings of guys that look like they're actually having a really good time playing professional golf? He's up there. Yeah. He's up like there. He, he really, like, he looks like he's having fun. Like, mm-hmm. it would be really fun to be a PGA Tour player. And I know U.S. Opens are tough, but the guy just, I mean, it's been fun for him this week. He's leading the damn thing. But, you know, he just always looks like he's smiling and having fun. And I feel like his disposition's always just like it was at that charity event, you know? Yeah. I, that's a great call. I'd throw Webb maybe in that class of like he just seems to be enjoy. He's happy to play golf. I, I don't know that there's a lot of other guys that even fit that bill though. I so. saw Smartin tweeted uh, Matthew Wolf would be the youngest uh, U.S. Open champion since Francis. We met. Yeah, yeah, and that's crazy. Last time the U.S. Open was held in September was the Francis. Yeah. We met uh, U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right, we are doing a venue tomorrow. We got to give that a little pop. We should. Uh, Shane, you are a veteran of venue. They said like when we were doing like you're the model. You know he's so good at it. Shane Bacon kills it. So we're doing venue. We're just going to try and fill Shane's foot uh, feet. Shoot, pop in in venue at one point when I (laughs) jump in, start poking the bear. Yeah, three p.m. It's like, just chat. We're going to be doing what we normally do. We're going to be saying dumb stuff, funny stuff, interesting stuff, probably mostly from Andy, Aaron Oberholzer, yeah. like a legit favorite of ours, like super respect his voice, played on the PGA Tour, played at the 06 Wingfoot Open. Uh, he'll be in there. So you just got to download the app. That's Venue. And I think that's 3 o'clock that we're going to get that up and running. Just kind three of watch Eastern. along. Yeah, don't, don't pull your Eastern bias bullshit on us. All right. All right. So we'll be doing that. Shane. Uh, you will be on the international feed, T- Typhoon Shane. Uh, yeah. all how, do I get, how do I get the international feed? You don't. You're in the United States. Yeah, it's tough. It's mostly tough because you're not international. I, uh, <laughs> I've had a few people ask me the question. I'm always telling them just to fly to New Zealand. You'll be good to go. <laughs> I, it's been interesting though. I've got, I've had, you know, received some stuff. I have taken a big break from social media, but I'm occasionally popping in on twitter just to send something like just on my de- on my laptop uh-huh got a couple nice messages from you know people in australia i've had some people yelling at us for talking too much it's been fun there you go there's the usual stuff but thank you for joining us really appreciate it this was a good little three-man weave at, uh late night you've been grinding and uh setting up the final round appreciate you taking the time you look course, tired get some rest get some food and you, you gotta I need to get some food. i haven't had dinner yet Okay, thanks for joining us. We will be back with you guys uh, Sunday after the uh, final round.